3: Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on
0: iHeartRadio.
4: And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Mitch Horowitz back with us, historian of alternative spirituality and one of today's most literate voices of esoterica, mysticism, and the occult. Mitch uh, illuminates outsider history, explains its relevance, and he is a giant when it comes to the occult. We're going to talk tonight about extrasensory perception, ESP. Mitch, welcome back.
3: Thank you, George. Great to be here.
4: ESP, one of my late aunt's favorite topics, she decided to switch her entire psychiatric practice to cover telepathy and ESP, and she wrote a book called Breakthrough to Creativity. It was her main book, and she just was a believer this was real. You believe it too, don't you?
3: Without question, George. You know, we've reached a point in our culture today where— We have the evidence. It's so plain and it's so clear that it's time to stop discussing is ESP real and uh, time to start discussing what conditions does it occur under and what does it tell us about the human situation. We all participate in some kind of extra physical intelligence and it's very exciting. It gives us a new conception of human nature.
4: Let's talk about ESP. To you, what does it mean?
3: It means basically that we can exchange information in a way that your aunt was describing uh, that in a manner that goes beyond the five senses. We are able to communicate with one another, to glean coordinates, to glean information, to have emotional reactions to events before they occur in real time. We are part of some extra-physical mind that the ancient Greeks used to call nous, that uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson referred to as the Oversoul, that Immanuel Swedenborg called a divine influx, that some people call an infinite mind, and uh, it's real and it's actual. We are not just flesh and blood beings, we are also beings who are possessed of some kind of non-physical, extra-physical capacity.
4: Where does science stand on this now, Mitch?
3: You know, it's really interesting, George. People throw around the term science all the time today. You know, it's become kind of this mantle of authority. Science is nothing other than methodological replication. And since the 1930s, uh, through repeatable experiments, experiments that have been repeated many, many times over the course of decades in this nation, in different nations, in different labs that have been meta-analyzed, we find again and again that people have the ability of things that we would call precognition, uh, psychokinesis, telepathy, and ESP. The science is in, and ESP is real.
4: Well, it sure is. I be- I've always believed that. And what do you believe, though, is the proof that tells us it's real?
3: You know, one of the things that most persuaded me uh, is the work of a professor at Cornell University named Daryl Bem. BEM spent about 10 years studying precognition and other forms of ESP, and he wrote a paper in 2011, and the critics were all over it. I mean, they attacked it like nothing you've ever seen, and the critics always say the same thing. None of this stuff can be repeated, so BEM, who is a research psychologist at Cornell, said, look... I'm going to turn over my evidence, I'm going to turn over my software, and I'm going to turn over an instruction guide so that anybody who wants to rerun my experiments can do so. So a trio of critics said, well, we reran BEMS experiments, and they failed. In the period since then, George, uh, and, and this has gone on now for several years, the most recent paper is from July of 2020, Uh, According to a meta-analysis, BEMS experiments have been rerun and validated 90 times in 33 different labs in 14 nations. Can you imagine the evidence in this meta-analysis? 90 times, 33 labs, 14 nations, and different researchers working independently have found evidence of precognition. The science is just absolutely solid on this. And at this point denying ESP is more of an ideological position than a scientific one.
4: It's amazing how something can work outside of the brain. Yeah. Like it's just out there, working working and working.
3: It is incredible. And it it challenges everything that we grew up understanding. You know, we grew up understanding that the mind is just a product of the brain and that's it. You know, it 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 is as much a product of the brain as cognition or analysis, but what we're finding and what science has validated is that thought shapes us as much as we shape it. We are creatures of thought in a literal sense, in a physical sense, as much as we are affected by thought. And it upends everything that we learned growing up, and it opens up new vistas of human possibility.
4: J.B. Ryan was a botanist. Uh, he was born in 1895, ended up doing experiments at Duke University. Tell me why you are so enthralled by this guy.
3: J.B. Ryan is really my intellectual hero. He is someone I, I truly look up to. Uh, J.B. opened up the parapsychology lab at Duke University uh, in Durham, North Carolina, starting in the early 1930s. And he devised these very simple card tests to test for ESP. And over the course of literally hundreds of thousands of trials, what J.B. found was that there were certain individuals who kept getting higher-than-average guess rates on decks of cards. And he just compiled these statistics with so much care, with so much meticulousness, with such conservatism. He provided evidence for ESP. Basically, he settled the matter going back to the 1930s, 1940s. and George, he was just so conservative about his data. He never extrapolated from it. He never went beyond the facts. He structured it in such a careful way. All JB really set out to do was to demonstrate that we human beings participate in some kind of existence that goes beyond the ordinary, beyond the physical, and it opens up all kinds of doors. If you can demonstrate that an individual has abilities of ESP, it raises questions about the afterlife. It raises questions Mm -hmm. about who we are before we're born, who we are outside of these physical structures. And I just love the man, because he did what we human beings are supposed to do, which is he asked a question, and he followed it up with great care.
4: How did a botanist get interested in parapsychology?
3: Well, it's, it's an interesting question. We don't think of botany as one of the cutting-edge fields of our time, No, but <laughs> the truth is uh, when J.B. and his wife Louisa Ryan, who was a collaborator with him, when they got their PhDs in the 1920s, botany was considered on the cutting edge of statistical studies, so it wasn't too great a leap for him to apply his knowledge of statistics from botany uh, to psychology.
0: Place your money line prop and parlay bets with a king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus Plus present President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.
4: What did he say about ESP? Does everybody possess the ability to do it? Some people are better than others. What did he conclude?
3: Well, it highlights a kind of divide in the field. J.B. concentrated his tests on individuals who he believed had a unique gift. You might call it the X-Men approach. There were later researchers, including a very great scientist named Charles Onerton, who devised tests in the 1970s and 80s, And he believed that ESP may be more generally spread throughout the human population. So, you know, there's a question of whether ESP is the domain of gifted individuals or whether it's more general. But one thing that J.B. Ryan found, which I always like to underscore to people, is that results in his lab would always spike when there was an atmosphere of hopeful expectancy and encouragement. Passion seemed to be the key to unlocking the ESP effect when it appears.
4: And positiveness, I bet.
3: And positiveness. And, you know, he was very quiet about that because he didn't want to go too far out ahead of the research. But positivity, hopeful expectancy, encouragement, that seemed to bring out the ESP effect.
4: What did he conclude, Mitch, about some of his experiments?
3: He felt that ESP could actually be detected, it was repeatable, and that we as a human population had to decide what we were going to do with this information that we were really learning that uh, human existence does not just create itself. Matter does not just create itself. There's something else at the back of existence, and it opened up one of the great questions of our time.
4: And for years, the J.B. Ryan Institute flourished at Duke University. I don't think it's there anymore, is it? That's
3: correct. Um, J.B. lost institutional support at Duke over time, different people retired, different people passed away, and institutional politics being what they are, he decided to move the lab off campus in 1965, but it's still there today. I've spoken there for fundraisers and other events.
4: Do you believe ESP is available to everybody? I wrestle with that
3: question, George. You know, I think that During the hours of daily life, we are so overwhelmed with stimuli, it is difficult to tune in to signals that go outside of the media or that go outside of the things that we're getting bombarded with all the time. But it's possible in dream states or in deeply relaxed states, we do experience some kind of ESP or precognition.
4: It is an amazing ability to do it, though.
3: It's just incredible, and it's hopeful because it tells us that we all emanate from some kind of extra-physical source that goes beyond nation, race, religion, creed. It unifies us as human beings in a certain sense.
4: How many people, Mitch, have the abilities, but they just don't act on it?
3: It's an interesting question. J.B. Ryan felt that over the course of his studies, about one in five subjects seem to have the abilities. Now, he was testing under laboratory conditions. It could be that people have these abilities, but they come up spontaneously. They might come up in moments of crisis. They might come up during dreams. It could be something that's general throughout the population, but we only feel it at times of passion.
4: How about the men, women, kids? What's, does, it, does it skew?
3: He didn't find that it's skewed, although he did test uh, among kids, and he found that The key thing is that you needed to have an atmosphere where the individual, the test subject, felt relaxed, felt encouraged. There was an absence of a kind of disturbing skepticism. There was an atmosphere of enthusiasm, of positivity, of hopeful expectancy. Periods of relaxation uh, seemed to correlate with the ESP effect in his lab.
4: There is a, a German word called Gansfeld which yeah. means entire field, and that technique it was used in a number of parapsychology experiments where they put headsets on people, half ping-pong balls on their eyes. What were they trying to do?
3: It's really exciting. These were experiments that were conducted by Charles Onerton, a parapsychologist I mentioned earlier. He pioneered these experiments in the 70s and 80s. He found that you could spike the ESP effect or the telepathy effect by placing the individual into conditions of relaxed sensory deprivation. And the fact is, we all find ourselves in such conditions twice in 24 hours every single day, just as you're drifting to sleep at night and just as you're waking up in the morning. It's a very relaxed state that sleep researchers call hypnagogia. When you're in that relaxed state, you're very still, you're very relaxed, you might experience dreamlike images or even hallucinations, but you retain control over your cognition. And Honerton, in these Gunsfeld experiments, found that that is prime time for the ESP effect among the general population. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.
0: Zumo Play.